Hey everyone, welcome back to Three Dumb Blondes. Um, today, Michaela and I had the amazing opportunity to talk to a woman. She's a writer, she is a blogger, she's a widow, she's a traveler. She is going to be making a documentary soon about her travels. Um, she's just amazing. She is amazing. Um, her name is Allison Miller, and she has a blog called Happily Homeless is Moonstruck.com and she also has a Facebook page where you can follow her named Happily Homeless and she's just so amazing. So we're gonna jump in here and you guys are gonna hear this interview. Allison. Hi, Allison. It's Kristen. Hi. This is. I'm. I'm doing good. How are you doing? Thank you. Um, my friend Michaela here is um, with me. She's like one of my co-hosts. Hi, Michaela. Hi. Cody is our other co-host, and he's like so. I texted him last night, and he was at work. He works like crazy shifts, and I was like, "Oh my God, check out this vlog!" And like, I was like, "We, me, and Michaela are gonna talk to her tomorrow." And he's so bummed that he couldn't be here. He's, oh. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry to miss you. <laughs> so, like, tell us a little bit about you, about your life. Now? Um, now and before. Uh, let's see. Um, my husband, Chuck, and I lived in New Jersey. He was retired Air Force, and I ran a nonprofit that I'd started um, grieving, uh, uh, supporting women who were grieving the death of their moms or mother figures, and... Uh, we had talked for quite some, for many years about when he retired, about just selling everything and going out on the road and having adventures. And um, so in 2009, we were able to do that, sold everything. And our kids are all, were all grown at that point. And uh, we put a few things in storage because we thought, well, you know, let's just drive around and look for a place where we want to settle down for when we get older. And uh, so, but about three months in, we were having such a good time just driving around and we just looked at each other and thought why do we want to stop doing this and so we just continued on and uh, we spent our last four years together traveling the country just we got a national park pass and um, we just adventured and we already had a very strong solid passionate marriage and it just became even more so with spending so much time together and he, uh, he had one bout of cancer during that time, and we got through it. Um, it took six surgeries and massive radiation. No. But he had really good odds for surviving it, and in between each surgery and all of that, we'd go right back out on the road again. And uh, um, so we got through all the surgeries and went back out, and uh, about a year and a half later, not even a, it was not even a year and a half, the cancer just came roaring back oh. and we were out in Southern California and um, I had time to find hospice for him and get our kids there and friends came to visit him in hospice and uh, he died three weeks later and um, we had a couple conversations before he died 
and I had worked in hospice, so um, I really tried to uh, make our hospice time as I wanted it to be as beautiful as possible given what was going on, and I wanted to surround him with all love and immerse him in the love that he'd given to me and to so many for, for our lives together. And um, and we had the chance to have a few conversations, and I told him that I was going to continue traveling on my own after he died. I didn't know what else to do. I didn't have anywhere to return to. Yeah. And, um, and so I said, and I'm... Um, I'm going to paint my car pink so you can find me out on the open road. And he said, well, I'll be looking for you. And um, one of the other conversations we had, and I, there's so many, isn't it funny how you don't always remember those momentous conversations and you think, well, I'll never forget this, and then you can't remember them at all. Yeah. But we had one more conversation where he said, he was just looking at me one day and he said, you know, um, black isn't your color. He said, don't mourn for me in black. We're pink. <laughs> and uh, so after he died, I went with him to be cremated. And uh, and I pressed the switch to uh, to open the crematorium. And I picked up the his urn. And I went to Arizona to visit a couple of our kids. And while I was there, I bought... I had to get a new car that I could trust out on the road, and I found a man to paint it for me. And I told him the love story that Chuck and I had for 24 years, Aww. that I was going back out on the road, and I was—I didn't know—I was—I was just so devastated, and I didn't know how to do anything or what to do, and my brain was just dead. And um, and when I went to pick up the car that had been silver, um, he'd created this beautiful shade of pink for me. Um, this guy Anthony had and he named the color for me on the can and the color is named Chuck's Watching Over Me Pink Oh. he said that's to give you courage to return to the road on your own he said now your husband will be all around you and uh, so I took the car and I headed back east to give Chuck full military honors um, out of McGuire Air Force Base in New Jersey and with our community there and I went up to Connecticut to visit our son and um I knew that I had to find a different way to be on the road. Chuck and I had stayed at, on military bases and stuff like that because there was no interest in me living in an RV or a trailer. <laughs> and uh, But my daughter um, sent me a link for Tab Teardrop Trailers, a place on the coast that sold them. And I went over to look and I bought one on the spot. And um, I, I had no idea. I didn't even know I needed to buy a hitch. I mean, I, I knew nothing about any of this. And... Uh, I handed the guy the can of paint with the formula on it for my shade of pink, and I said, everything that's yellow, I want you to paint it pink so it will match my car. And it's, it took me time to figure out all of the puzzle pieces, but what I know is that in our conversations, I started remembering the conversations that Chuck had and um, while he was in hospice, and what I f finally pieced together bit by bit was it in the military in the air force they set you on a mission and he knew i was a woman who would need a mission after his death and he knew i would do something with that experience and so he asked he had asked me to return to our favorite places to scatter his cremains and he named four places well what i realized later on was that he was setting me out on what i came to call my odyssey of love because he knew that i would be so lost so he started me 
but he couldn't finish it for me. And so he just named the four places. And I knew that ultimately that he hoped that I would be able to recognize all the other places to scatter his cremains, but I could only do that by keeping my heart open. And in keeping my heart open, I knew that he hoped that I would be able to create a new life without him. And I knew going out on the road, I didn't know anybody. I was scared to death. I was riddled with anxiety, just practically and emotionally. And if I paint, if I did what I had told him I would do, painted my car pink and my trailer and I wore pink, that would draw people to me because they'd be curious, if not awestruck, they're like, holy shit, what the hell with all that pink? <laughs> <laughs> and, and so I wouldn't be able to isolate myself which is what we want to do, right, when we go through something like this. And I knew if, I mean, I loved, always loved to write anyways, and I'd been keeping a Facebook page for uh, mine and Chuck's travels when we were doing it. I knew I had to keep doing that, and then I started blogging because I thought, well, I feel so alone, but I can't possibly be this alone. I know I can't be the only one. If I start writing about this, maybe people will hold me accountable for showing up because all I want to do is disappear forever. And so if I, maybe if I write about it, maybe if I don't write one day, then people, somebody will say, Hey, Allison, are you okay? You know, they'll message me and check in on me. Yeah. I, I know for me, like when I was reading your blog and stuff last night, I was like crying because I'm like, we like you got we got in touch with each other because we're both a part of a group on Facebook for people who have lost their spouses. And Mm -hmm. um, Timmy, my boyfriend just died. It's only been two months now. And oh, my God. And he was only 24. And we. I, oh, I was, like, married young before him, and it's it's been a whole lot of stuff. He died when I was 20 weeks pregnant. So, it's just... Jesus. It's just been, like... Like, when I was reading your stuff, I was like, you give me hope, because a lot of people, like, especially in those groups, I've noticed, like, they're like, oh, it's been seven years, it's been ten years, and, like, I just can't go on like I'm just waiting for time to pass I'm just like my kids are grown I have no one and I I feel that way too because my I don't have really family but um I have a seven-year-old daughter and I have um, one on the way with Timmy so I'm very blessed in that way but it is hard to hear like, oh, it's been 10 years and I'm still so riddled with pain and anxiety that I can't leave my house. I can't work. I can't. And when I was reading your stuff, it was just so inspirational. Like I can go on for him. Wow. Like you're doing. Wow. Well, and I'm, I'm glad that it makes a difference for you in that way. And it's, it's kind of the total irony, isn't it? Because I think how we see ourselves and how others see us can be polar opposites. And, you know, so, like, I'm devastated living without Chuck. And every day is the question again, okay, I'm going to swing my feet off the floor. But what my focus, and I should say, and, even while I'm all of that, because I, I, 
it's 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 never it, for me it's not either or it is and so i'm all of this and by god i know he left so much love behind for me and i'm going to go out and i'm going to live that legacy of love and i am by god going to connect with people because i know that is the only thing that will save me is by connecting with others and sharing my story and hearing their stories and focusing on the love it's 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 all that saves me truly is the love but we i can't wait for it to come to me you know and i see that too where so many people you know it's well you know nobody asks me here nobody you know everybody's abandoned me but i've had all of that too I've, i let a friend go years because she was being a total numb nuts about things <laughs> and and it's like you know i have to go out and create this if i am going to survive this and and I know, I knew right even before Chuck died, I knew I could survive this. The question was, do I want to? Right. And I always knew I would, but do I, and I still don't know whether I want to. And while I don't know that, I am going out and I am finding love everywhere I can, not in romantic ways, but I have created a community for myself all around the country from knowing nobody out there, so to speak. I have a community of almost 5,000 strong on my Happily Homeless Facebook page and another almost 4,000 on my blog. And I've created a group called Road Widows, Road Warriors because I knew there have to be other, there has to be other widows out here somewhere. Where are they? Mm -hmm. I, I know I'm not the only. And so I started a Facebook group two years ago, and there's almost 1,400 widows in that group. Some of them are already out on the road. Some are weekenders. Some are part-timers. And some are just widows who are dreaming about doing it, and they're scared to death to get out there and do it because they've never done it before. Well, neither have I. I had, I've never camped and I've never towed. And now I can back it up on a dime. I know the routine, everything. And so we all inspire each other. You have to all of us we have to go out and create what we want and that means being vulnerable and raw and I see a lot too well I can't post this on my own page because you know family friends whatever and they say I talk too much about them well so what yeah that's Anybody how I feel that to me it's like fuck you I don't care exactly I'm talk about if you don't want to listen to it then go away exactly yeah I've it's just something that you don't realize until you go through it like people don't get it they don't get it and I have I mean it's only been two months it has it's been about two and a half months now and people have said to me like oh you'll you're 24 like you'll move on and I and I I hope I I hope I find love again I hope I live Mm -hmm. my dreams but it will never be without him it will never right. and I right. will always talk about him. I will never I will never allow people in my life that don't let me, that make me feel irrelevant, that make me feel like yes. I don't care if it's ten years from now, I'm still gonna I mean, we're gonna have a child together. Like she needs to yes. know she needs to know who her dad was and I and and that I'm gonna have to I'm going to have to become a part of this group because (laughs) I've always just been like really free spirited and always was like when I'm older like when I retire when I have my life (laughs) when my kids are grown I'm gonna travel and he had the same dreams so I'm gonna have Mm -hmm. to become a part of this group (laughs) yes please do road widows road warriors okay Um, we'll welcome you into it and what is your boyfriend's name 
Timmy. Timmy. So here's the thing. What happened over, it's been six years now, a little over six years since Chuck died. When I first started out on this Odyssey of Love, it was about me and Chuck and our love story and living his legacy. And then maybe three years in, I thought, I need to expand this because it was never, even in our life, it was never just about me and Chuck and our love. It was about being of service to people and, and sharing our love around and expanding our community. And so I, I have Chuck's name written on, my, uh, on the back of my uh, tab trailer. So I started expanding it and I invited um, all my widowed community. I wanted to honor, honor them. And so I put it out on a couple pages. Would you like me to write your person's name on my trailer with your name? Do you have a message of love to add to it? And I started writing all of that. And all of their names. So front, back, and sides got covered with names. Aww. And then I expanded it one more time to say, well, you know what? This isn't only about being widowed. This is about love. Love is the focus. So I opened it up to anybody that I meet on the road if they want to sign it. People who follow my blog from around the world, they send me the names of their people, siblings and daughters and sons and parents and children. And... Um, they say, could you write my daughter's name on your trailer? She always wanted to come to America and travel. And now I feel like she'll be seeing the country with you. Aww. And I'm going to follow you so I can see where she's going. So my trailer has become a traveling tribute to love. And it's so powerful. As I look in my side view mirror as I'm driving down the whatever road it might be, and I see these names, and it's I, I almost ex I'm kind of surprised, honestly, that that my trailer doesn't light up and illuminate as I drive down the road because there is so much fucking love in <laughs> that trailer with all those names. What do your kids like to have your kids come with you? Do they like support you? They do. Um, they do get concerned about me. Um, <laughs> But I have safety features, you know, like they they can track me on my they uh, on my phone with a GPS, <laughs> and it, it's kind of interesting when that happens because uh, last year when I was heading to Arizona, um, my older son who has a really uh, insane sense of humor, anyways, um, he starts sending me texts, "Ma, I see you just pass, you know, the welcome to Arizona sign, and you know you only have three more hours till you get to where we are," and so it's kind of like having Big Brother stalking you or something, but. Um, <laughs> But it, it, it helps them feel better. And when uh, in my second year um, of uh, after Chuck died, my daughter, Rachel Grace, uh, went out with me on the road for six months to begin my Odyssey of Love and to help me create ritual to scatter um, her dad's remains, my husband's remains, all around the country at the four places that he had named. Aww. And that was, I mean, we lived in this, my, my teardrop is, um, I, I don't know, I can move five feet, and okay, maybe four feet in each direction inside, and I'm only five foot one, and uh, my head, I still have a little space over my um, head, but not much, and and we worked together for on the road for six months, and it was a, an amazing experience, so um, they support me, but um, they do get concerned about me, and at the same time, they think I'm probably the most badass cool mom that they've ever known. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, for real. <laughs> so, um, and I and I tell you know I welcome I I you know I'll ask them their opinions sometimes or for suggestions or feedback. I won't say opinions, but feedback. But they also know damn well that um, 
I'm my own woman. I always have been. Uh, you know, when I Chuck and I showed a great example to, to them of what a healthy, loving relationship is like, and um, so they also. I mean, there's been times when I've had to have coming to Jesus meetings with each of my sons <laughs> to say, you know, just with love, just back off. Right. You know, I know what I'm doing, and I'm too young. I'm I'm just well, I'm 61 now. I was 55 when Chuck died, and uh, I'm too young to settle down to live with any of them. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to settle down without Chuck, so I don't really know what else to do. So I just stay on the road, and I continue to create community and focus on the love, because I don't care what you, what we hear in the news, what we read in the news about how horrible everything is and how horrible people are. I have not had one negative or bad experience in six years on the road by myself oh my gosh have and have you do you have like are there any like stories that people have told you or people that you've met that really stick out to you one of the first um i mean so it's interesting when i meet men along the way um and uh I have my military ID card still, so I'll stay at military fam camps quite frequently, as a, you know, as much as I can. I feel closer to Chuck there, and also um, I feel a measure of safety and security when I'm on a military base. So um, it's been interesting. Veterans will come and they'll talk to me um, about my story and and about their stories. And it was a veteran who came to me initially. Uh, God, I think it was maybe my third year out when I was down in uh, Florida in the Keys. And um, this guy knocked on my door. I didn't know who he was, but um, he asked if he could talk to me. And I said, sure. And he said, um, he said, I just wanted to come. You know, I read a little bit of your blog. I have the address on the back of my rig and uh, of my website. And he said, I just wanted to talk to you and ask how you're dealing with your trauma or with your PTSD. And I said, well, I don't have any. I'm not military. And he said, well, you're a military widow, yes? And I said, yes. And um, he said, I read about your husband's death. And he said, I believe that you um, have been traumatized and you have some post-traumatic stress. And I said, well, I expected my husband to die. You know, we had three weeks. And uh, he said, well, you know, here's my take on it. I expected when I was in war for my buddy next to me to die too. But when he did die... It traumatized me. Aww. And he sat and he talked with me for three hours about trauma. And it was the first time that I'd ever applied that term to myself because, you know, out of respect for those who are in the military who really go through things, you know, right. um, in my mind. And um, and so that led me a couple of years later to go for counseling um, and get trauma therapy and uh, bilateral brain stimulation and uh, EMDR and tapping. And, and that really did... Um, assist me quite a bit and support me um the men most so often it's kind of sad really um what i hear from men along the way their reactions will be um when they hear about you know this odyssey of love they'll um they'll look at me so often and they'll say you know what i wish my wife loved me enough to do something like this for me after i die or they'll just come right and say my wife doesn't love me that much to do something like this um on the front of my trailer, uh, it used to say, I uh, have the word tab, T-A-B, the name for, of my trailer. I had that removed, and I had in raspberry pink letters, I had the letters F-W-G put on the front. And it's uh, it stands for um, fucking warrior goddess, mm-hmm. which is a term I came up with after Chuck died 
to remind myself that this is what I am and I will do this and I can do this and I am doing this even as I can't bear living without him. I am still doing this and I am focusing on the love. And so when a lot of times women will be a little bit taken about with us, well, what does FWG mean? And I'll say fucking warrior guys. And <laughs> I'm not being disrespectful or anything, it's just what it means. And um, they'll look a little shocked like, wow, you're so, you say it so blatantly. <laughs> The men will invariably, all along through all these years, they either give me a fist bump or a high five and they just laugh out loud and they love it. I I kind of feel like, in a sense, I'm a lot like you. Of course, I'm a lot younger than you, but um, my okay. mom, like you were saying, um, your kids think you're awesome and like, mm-hmm. God love my mom, but she's completely opposite of you. <laughs> so like... <laughs> And, like, I've always felt very different than my mom. I'm very much like that. I do what I want. I'm my own person. And I think that my daughter, definitely, that has rubbed off on her. But she sees it. And she'll say, you know, you can't tell mommy what to do. And she's right. Like, I've always, I have always been my own person. Like, you know, I've been. You've got to be. Yes. And I've always loved to do things and travel I haven't had the opportunity to do a whole lot yet in my life but um yeah like I don't my mom's not like that I don't (laughs) I don't have a lot of that in my life so I've always just been like wow like you know you're just born with it I feel like I think so um it's it's in your genes and, and I was raised as an army brat and my mom I mean, I, I was raised as a, as a strong woman and, you know, I, I, I lose it along the way and stuff. And I've had my own resentment of, you know, just stop calling me strong. I'm not strong. I'm not courageous. Yeah. I'm just doing this because I don't know what else the fuck to do. <laughs> but, but at the same time, I've had to learn along these years to step into who I know I really and, and to look at myself in the mirror and see who other people see also, which is a woman who, even with not being able to stand life without this man next to her, at the same time is getting out there and kicking ass in the name of love, mm-hmm. and 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 pushing all my boundaries and driving headlong into all of my grief and just just letting it be right there and not trying to fake it till I make it or put on a fake smile. It just, it tears me up when I see so many women and I see it more amongst women than men. And I see it in younger women and older women of my generation where they just, well, nobody asks me to anywhere and everybody ignores me. And, you know, and I I feel so sad for them. It's like, where is your gumption? And I don't mean that in a judgmental way. It's like, nobody is going to do this for you and that sucks yeah but you have to do this for yourself and i'm not saying any of it's easy you know i do make the decision every day when i wake up i think okay i here's i've got to i've got to swing my feet to the floor and i've got to put on as much pink as possible maybe some glitter over my eyes even (laughs) though i'm working outside and I've got to get out there and I've got to go look for the love. I've got to look for the love because if I don't find love today, then I'm not, I'm not going to last the day. And that can be just, um, it can be hugs. I hug everybody I meet and I get hugs from everyone I meet. And I, I have people sign my trailer and I carry, like I, so the way I support myself on the road, I am getting my widow's benefits now, but I do what's called work camping. And 
currently here i'm here in arkansas and i'm working at a place up in the ozark mountains called um opera in the ozarks and it's an opera camp where students and staff and orchestra come and they perform produce and perform three operas every summer and i'm the landscaper up there i've never done landscaping but i'm on my third year here and I wear combat boots because I work outside and there's snakes and all kinds of every kind of god-awful bug. <laughs> and I wear a big flowered hat that I, and I have flowers all over it and hummingbirds and everything else. And I drive a green tractor and I hug everybody and I hand candy out during the day just to sparkle up somebody's day and I get hugs in return. I go out there and I meet people and I am open and I'm vulnerable and I'm approachable. And so many people are afraid to be that because they're afraid of being judged. I don't give a fuck what anyone thinks of yeah, me. Yeah, I'm the same way. You with, can't. Yeah. You know, I mean, with love, I don't do any of it ang- in anger. But it's like if you don't like any of this, then go over there. I don't, you know, I don't care. It's no skin off my nose. Yeah. <laughs> this is so, Michaela. Um, the whole time that I had been reading your blog, all I could think about was Kristen and how I could so see her doing this um mm-hmm. and i guess for me i follow um a lot of different people I, uh, on youtube and blogs that mm-hmm. live out of their cars and different things like that so it was mm-hmm. so inspiring to me um i have not lost anybody but just to see everything that you you do um i guess i just have a question um mm-hmm. What all do you do when you go to different destinations? Like, are you ever scared? No. No. Um, if I ever am in a location, like if I'm going to set up uh, you know, a campsite um, where the hairs on the back of my neck are standing up or I just feel like, ugh, I'm not quite sure, then I just, I just go somewhere else. Yeah. Um, the way... It's kind of a, a weird... Um, a kind of a paradox really because I'm every day is a new situation pushing all boundaries and comfort zones and that's just how I do it because it's how I need to do it because if it, it's what did Eleanor Roosevelt I, I think it was she who said if it scares you then go do it and I'm paraphrasing but um the way I look at it um the worst thing has happened to me other than the death of one of my children my husband suffocated in front of me and I had to learn to live without him what else is there to be scared of I actually had someone and I truly believe that like people get brought into your life like I believe that we are talking to you like for a reason and this is going to help me it's going to help other people but um shortly after he died I got in touch with We've been kind of on this, like, weird, like, spiritual world type of thing. So Mm -hmm. we have talked to, like, mediums and different things like that. And I actually met literally days after he died. I just happened to go to this, um, like, psychic fair type of thing. And I met this girl Mm -hmm. who, her boyfriend also died. And he... I mean, she's since married and had kids. They didn't have kids together or anything. And, um, but she can relate to me. And she said to me, that was like, this was literally probably two or three days after he died. She said, the worst 
thing has happened to you. She was like, if you thought about the worst thing that could ever happen, Mm -hmm. it was him dying or your kids dying. And she said one of those things happened. Yeah. And that that's just so funny that you said that because she said that to me. And I think and I tell people that and I think about that. The word I don't care anymore. I used to mm-hmm. have anxiety about things. I used to worry. I used to second guess. And now I'm just like, what? Why? Like, mm-hmm. I'm I'm going to die someday. And none of the things that I have none of the debts that you know debts and different material things like I won't have those things when I die Mm -hmm. so I'm just gonna do whatever I want (laughs) yes it's very freeing I read a book early on called the subtle art of not giving a fuck I have that book oh you do (laughs) yeah it's excellent I call it for me I've translated it to the grand art of not giving a fuck and and it's all with love but it's like if I want to do something I don't ask why I ask why not and I just go and do it and if I've never done it before so what if it's a mistake then I just change direction like I'm not afraid of mistakes or or mess ups or anything else and um you know so that's what made me apply for the job as a landscaper at the opera camp as opposed to working in the office because I wanted to do something I'd never done before and when I go out to Arizona, I work at the Arizona Renaissance Fair. And oh, I, that is so that awesome. Is so awesome. And, and I, so I, I wear costume, but I don't have to be in character, so I don't have to speak with an accent and all of that. <laughs> but it has pushed me further, and I'm, I'm generally speaking outgoing and comfortable with people anyways, but it's pushed me even further because I kind of became much more introverted after Chuck died. What the Ren Fair has done is pushed me to um, to really raise my voice to, to um, so that my voice carries with all of the crowds of people and to to um, banter back and forth with people and flirt with them and so it's been this wonderful experience and um, whatever it might be it's like well okay I'm just going to go and do that and if it works good and if it doesn't you know I don't feel guilt or shame or anything else I just well okay then I'll go do something else. And um, it's taking, we have to be our own advocates in in life anyways, and certainly I think in widowhood, at a time when it's very hard to be, and I believe me, I I get that part, but we still have to be our own advocates. Mm -hmm. And so I've wanted, I've had it in the back of my mind for a few years um, that I wanted to document this, my odyssey of love and everything that's happened along the way and just what it's like to, to let other women know, look, you yes, you can do this, whatever this is for you. And so when I go back out to Arizona in the fall, I found a team, a, a team, a, um, they're a, a man and a woman, they're partners who do videography and but they make movies. And so I'm going to be filming a documentary about my odyssey of love. Wow. And, and I'm going to take it out on the road and I'm going to show it around the country and I want to have premieres and... You know, I'm I'm going to do this however I can do it because why the hell not? Right. That's amazing. That is amazing. Do you ever come to Pennsylvania? I am absolutely planning it. So what I'm going to do, um, as I'm making the documentary, I'm going to be starting to. Um, I have actually a widow sister who reached out to me who whose job is in marketing, and she said, "Allison, let me help you organize all of this." And so 
as I'm out in Arizona, I'm going to be um, routing. I'm planning different um, areas to go to, uh, depending on the uh, uh, seasons, so that I can get around the country. And I'm going to start going around to those places to show my documentary. And so, yes, the East Coast, because New Jersey, I still have a big part of my community there. New Jersey and PA and New England and all of that, it's definitely on my map. Well, I'll have to... Do you post? Do you post everywhere that you're going to be? I'm, I will be posting. When I start doing that, I will be. Okay. And on my Happily Homeless Facebook page, I post there daily, and I've been doing a lot of live... I do a lot of live feeds from the Opera Camp and stuff like that, and I'm going to start doing... Um, I have a YouTube channel, and I need to start using it more, and I'm going to start interviewing people as I go around the country, other widows who are doing this. Um, and just people I meet along the way to hear their stories and share their stories with the world at large. So I've got quite a few plans um, going on, and I'm going to be, I've started, um, I've kind of finished, but I need to add more to the book that I'm writing um, that's called Love and Grief and the Fuck of Widowhood. <laughs> and uh, so I'm, I'm hoping to get that done in the next six months also. That is so awesome. That's amazing. Seriously, it is. Um, Thank you. We are going to have to like make sure that we know when sh- when you're going to be in Pennsylvania. Yeah, we'll have to I would meet love, you. I would love. Yes. <laughs> I would love to. Um, where? How long do you typically stay? Like in one area? I there's nothing typical about it. I absolutely have no rhyme or reason to it or plans. Um, I don't map my routes. I just know if I'm going north, south, east, or west. And um, the one thing that I've gotten really good at since Chuck died is letting my heart lead the way, absolutely. And kind of my byline, my, my tagline for, for my Odyssey of Love is love leads the way. And I just let my heart direct me wherever I think I need to go. And if, if I kind of get this feeling, okay, I need to turn left, even though I was planning on going straight, then I turn left. And... I just kind of figure there's somebody there I need to meet or um, that needs to meet me. Um, early on, shortly after, it was when I went back to New Jersey after Chuck died to, for his, uh, to give him full military honors, I went to a, a women's circle and uh, I met this woman there um, just by, by name very briefly, but she came up to talk to me after the meeting. And in the circle, we've been invited to share a meaningful experience in our life. And I talked about how my husband and I had been, um, we'd sold everything and gone out on the road, and his name is Chuck, and he had just recently died. This woman came up to me, and this is going to be part of my documentary. Um, she came up to me afterwards, and she said, Allison, can I tell you something? And she was this woman shorter than I, and like I say, I'm five one, and she's very tiny. And she said, um, I have to tell you something from Chuck. He wants me to tell you something. And it's like, oh, okay. Um, and she said, he wants me to tell you that he wouldn't leave you without a road map and that he has left markers for you along the way, both physical and metaphysical, and he wants you to be aware of them. Please oh. be on the lookout for them. And, like, she had no idea that Chuck, when he was in the Air Force, um, that he had been a flight navigator, that he and that his nickname had been the Pathfinder, and that he did all of our routing as we traveled in our last four years together. She knew nothing about him, and she told me this. And I've kept that in mind as I've traveled, and I know that there 
have been people sent along my way who are markers that Chuck put there for me to help guide me to my next destination. Yeah. And she was the one who started with that message. And I, I carry it with, I typed it out and I, I carry it with me. Wow. I, I love that because we, like I said, we've been kind of diving into the, the spiritual world. Yeah. So I truly yeah. believe in those things. And I believe that you do see signs and people can make like I have no ability like I don't I don't like feel things or whatever Mm -hmm. so I truly do believe that there are people that can understand and get messages Mm -hmm. intuitives I I called this woman an intuitive and especially with that message once I once I heard that you know in going back to how long do I typically stay at a place I might have plans to stay for two weeks, but if if I get this feeling kind of, well, my heart, if it says, you know, you need to go now, you know, it's like, I don't intend to be rude to anybody, but I got to go. Or I might decide I need to stay here a little bit longer. Um, I broke down last year on my way to uh, here to Arkansas. Uh, my trailer blew the brakes or I don't, a brake line was blown. And it was just, you know, I, I don't know how to deal with this stuff, but I... I was at least enough along the way that as I even reached to open my car door to go see what was going on with my trailer, I said to myself, I don't care what else is going on, just look for the love, look for the love, look for the love, that's my mantra. And it ended up being, even though my trailer had to be fixed for three days and everything else, and then it ended up being this amazing experience and I made some wonderful friends at a garage in um, Winslow, Arizona. Wow. You know, um, I met a woman in uh, northwest Florida just before you turn left to hit 10 to start heading west. Uh, I had gone into a Target to wander around and stretch my legs, and there was a woman who worked there, and she had caught my eye as I was browsing through the women's section, the clothes, and she came over to me finally. She'd smiled at me, and she came over to me, and she said, do you mind if I tell you something? And I said, that's what, a lot of people start out with that question. Do you mind if I tell you something? And I always say, sure, go ahead. Mm-hmm. And um, and so she kind of just put her hand real gently on my arm, and she said, I'm very cautious about talking like this to people, but I feel like you'll be receptive. So I'm going to tell you, um, she said, I don't know if you're aware of this, but you are surrounded by angels. I don't know what you're doing with your life or where you are, but whatever it is you're doing, keep on doing it. There are so many angels around you that I can't even count them, and you are protected. Wow. Wow. And that blew me away. Yeah. That was. And it, it just, it still makes me emotional thinking about it. And I'm not naive. I have a lot of uh, situational awareness that I learned from Chuck and from my own life experience and I'm aware of stuff but I also know in some way I am protected because there is all this love coming from me and it's all around me yeah and it seems to bring those people to me yeah what's the longest you've ever stayed somewhere uh let's see I stayed up to about four months at a time you know, either visiting, uh, like visiting one area and visiting family and friends in that area, 
before heading out on the road again. And so um, I, uh, up at the opera camp, I'm there for three months oh, working. Nice. And then I'll, from, the, from here, from the opera camp, I'll leave to go up to Ohio to visit my sister and then Indiana to visit Chuck's mom and then back to Arizona. But um, before I start the documentary, I want to um, take at least a week to drive up to Oregon uh, to one of the military bases where Chuck and I were right on the beach. And I haven't been able to return there yet since he died. And um, I've just had a feeling lately that it's time for me to return there and scatter some of his cremains. So I'm going to be um, looking at doing that. Do you have a favorite place? Is there anywhere you've been that has been your absolute favorite? I had those with Chuck on my own. Um, I mean, I prefer the southwest and desert terrain as opposed to mountain and greenery. Mm-hmm. Um but honestly, the way I travel, it is not at all about places. It's all about people and the people I meet. Um, in the last four years that Chuck and I had together um, in traveling the country, we visited all of the lower 48 states and we hiked and we adventured and wonderful experiences. And we were both history buffs and did all of that. Since he died in these six years, I just have no interest really in seeing places and I know I can go with other people, and I do, but it just is not the same for me. I don't get right. the same. It's just not as beautiful without him. And so my focus in this life without him is in people experiences, not places experiences. And it's who I'm going to meet and what their story is going to be and being able to share my story with them and have deep philosophical discussions about life and death and what we think happens after and like no no I, I I'm not good with shallow conversations I gotta tell you right I always go right for the deep stuff which can probably be a bit overwhelming for people and I get it but you know what? Um, I'm the same way <laughs> it, it goes back to um my mom not being completely opposite of you but also my dad my dad's not a man of many words oh my so so i i just uh it's so weird it's so weird to even try to i think we're both intense people yeah we're very intense so i like i I, like and i would like you i would like i'd love to sit down at a table with you guys and just kick back and talk about all this shit, yeah i love i love a person and cody is like this too we've had many conversations like this we are people that we like to be surrounded by people that we can sit there and we can talk about what we think the afterlife is and the universe or the solar system or whatever it may be like we are all three very very intense people with such open minds and um so yeah we're like that too well, man, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to get together then when I when I get we back. We are to, to even New Jersey's not far from us. Yeah, where what what part of uh, PA do you live in? Um, well, we live in Dubois. It's like um, oh, what's have you ever of? heard of the Groundhog Day? Oh yeah. It's we're, right we're there. Yeah. Oh, you're Punk Punxsutawney Phil. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I, you're, I actually. Oh. I actually grew up in Punxsutawney, but, um, 
we live in Dubois, which is about a, ha- a half hour away. I'm not good with directions, though, because I, so I don't We're know. We're not far from Pittsburgh, either. Yeah. About- oh, so you're Western PA? Yes. yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. God, I've been on 80, and I've been on 70. And oh, okay. Like, so many. Oh, my 80, God. 80 comes just- right. We are oh. right off 80. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, that's a more beautiful part. I prefer that over traveling 70. Um, honestly, when I'm yeah. towing my rig, especially because it's so expensive. Yeah. But um, the PA Turnpike, they'll just rob you blind. I know. Oh, yes. <laughs> one time, but, uh, I, one time I went to Lancaster for a friend. She had like a graduation from a training, and I went to Lancaster, and I had to pay like twelve dollars to get into Lancaster. It was it insane. It was insane. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a. It's it's uh yeah it's the government coming after us and all that kind of conspiracy stuff but they just want my money and I get it but boy when I'm towing my trailer they get it in spades oh jeez so, uh, I can't imagine well that. I'm gonna have to keep an eye out for that for Dubois then and when I when I get my documentary made what I'm going to do is um I'm going to be reaching out to my happily homeless community and my Odyssey of Love community to uh, reach out to people who have venues in their area where I can bring it and show it Ooh. and and I so I want to show it and then do a kind of a question and answer with the audience afterwards because wow. I love audience interaction well I'm sure we could I'm sure we that yeah we'll have to talk more and we'll have to mm-hmm. we are if you're on 80 we're exit 97 or 101 so oh, okay. just look for the Look for those. Isn't that funny how people identify themselves that way? In New Jersey, Chuck and I were exit five off the New Jersey Turnpike. <laughs> yeah. That's the only way I know how to explain it because, like, I'm just so terrible with I'm terrible uh, with direction. direction and, and I, I am too, believe it or not. If I didn't have my GP, my uh, various GPS maps oh, on my yeah. phone, I'd, I'd be, yeah, I'd be all over the place. Do you use your phone? Yes. Yeah. It's so amazing to me because yep. you're, I mean, you're not old by any means, but, but like, it's just amazing to me that you can just blog and do all kinds of stuff. I can't even do that stuff barely. No. So no kidding. I, well, that makes me even more impressed with myself. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Cause yeah, I mean, I do, um, I, I blog, I have a website. Um, I have a, I do live feeds all the time. Um, I have a YouTube channel. I text. I call. I do all kind. Of, and I mean, my kids have taught me a lot of it because Chuck and I had stupid phones before we got. <laughs> technology has come a long way oh, since yeah. eight and six years. So my kids are the ones I just say, "Okay, how do you do this?" And they show me, and then, you know, if I need any tutoring. So thank goodness for younger people who can show you the ropes. But I'm very comfortable with all of it, and I'm very comfortable being in front of people, speaking in front of them, sharing my story, you know, talking about my odyssey of love, inviting them to come and sign my trailer, whatever it might be. It's it's part of how I have to be how I have to be in this world so that I can live without chunk, you know? Yeah. Well, I just want to say thank you so, so much for taking your time out and talking to us. Yes, thank you so much for sharing, you know, part of your story. Um, For anybody that's listening, your your blog, the URL, it's Happily Homeless is Moonstruck. Is that what it is? Yes. Yeah, dot com. Dot com. Okay. And what is the name of your Facebook page? My Facebook page is Happily Homeless. Okay. And uh, I post there daily, and I usually blog weekly. 
and I also write for um, I blog for SoaringSpirits.org, the uh, the uh, nonprofit supporting widows and widowers. They sponsor Camp Widow and all that, so oh, I yeah. write for them weekly also. That's awesome. Well, you again, you are seriously such an inspiration. <laughs> thank yes, you so you're so much for talking to us. Well, thank, thank you for, you for taking the time. Yeah, I, I was. I was once, I was so pleased last night when you reached out back to me right away. Yeah, I read as soon as I saw that I opened your blog, and I'm thinking, I wonder, like, what the heck? And so I opened <laughs> it, and as soon as I saw, read the um, description, I was like, I have to talk to her. And I thought it would be so good for us. We were us. all excited. Yeah. I mean, we just well, we just started this, and we have no idea what we're doing. Like, it's not like we have some big following or anything like that. But I, it's just been like just like you with your traveling. For me, mm-hmm. it was about it was about reaching out to people. I've reached out to so many people, just random people that have never met me, and I'm like, hey, do you want to be on our podcast? And people are so receptive to it, and I've got mm-hmm. to meet so many people, so many amazing people learn more things mm-hmm. so it's been just really thank you so much because you are oh, such I, an inspiration I appreciate it well look um so w- it, will there be a link to this yes and- i will post we will we post on tuesdays we have one okay. coming up tomorrow so it'll be next okay. tuesday and right. i will i mean i'll send you everything and i'll i'll put all your stuff well, on please. on our um, we'll make like a post and I'll put all your, um, okay. all your things, your blog and your Facebook and all that stuff. And I'll let you know, I'll send everything to you. Okay. So, cause what I'll do is I will share it on my, um, happily homeless page and everywhere I can too, so that you can get even, draw even more people in. Well, yeah. Thanks, same thanks for you. so much. You are wonderful, wonderful host. I've got to say that. <laughs> you're very... You're just open and approachable, and, and that's a real secret, isn't it? You're very yes, personal. Yes, it is. We're very... And we have a date in PA as soon as I yes, get Yes, we look yes. forward to meeting you. Thank you All so right. much again. Kayla and Kristen, Thanks. thank you so very much. Thank you so much. Thank we'll you. We'll talk again soon, all right? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Thanks. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. Hey everyone, make sure you follow Allison on Facebook at Happily Homeless and on Instagram at Happily Homeless is Moonstruck and go on her website, Happily Homeless is Moonstruck.com and on there you can find her blog. Thank you so much for listening and again, thank you Allison for the amazing interview. You are amazing and we love you.